Dawson, drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about something today, ladies. We're going to talk about things that men find repulsive about women. We're going to just lay it out there. And I know we're going to do a show, of course, later on, on what women think may be repulsive to them as well, based on what you guys have written in. And I thank you for having the emails coming. Helps me out a lot. I don't have to worry about content as much. I can just go through these emails and got a, a subject to talk about, no matter what. So I appreciate you guys doing this. And for those of you who want to submit a topic to talk about, you could go to anchor.fm backslash romantic truth backslash message. Or you can go to romantictruthpodcast at gmail.com. Now, there's a lady that I'm not going to say her name. She's been trying to get on this show for the last two years, ever since I started. And I'm going to just be honest with you folks. As if I'm going to be dishonest, right? This lady has been trying to promote her sex site for the longest. Now, I don't knock somebody's hustle. Whatever you decide to do, that's you. I told her, gave her instructions on how she could set up her own podcast, and she'll have a lot of people go to her podcast because usually females do better in this genre than males. Reason being, guys want pussy. They will follow it anywhere they can. Let's face it. And being that she's very salacious and She's willing to do anything sexual in order to get the attention. She said, no, no, I just want to be on your show. I said, initially, first time, sounds like a possibility. I said, it all depends on what you're comfortable with talking about. I said, we'll have to discuss some things that maybe you would want to talk about things you don't want to talk about, things that are off-limits, things that will get you in trouble with other people. I I put them through the gamut. So it's not like a situation where I can just go and willy-nilly talk about things. The things I talk about on this show, believe me, I have cleared it with the people that I've involved in this. When I talk about this, I get their seal of approval before I go with it. If they ask me not to mention their name, location, or whatever, but I can talk about the subject, I do it. But the one thing that I want you to understand is this. If you're going to write in about something that you want me to read on air, make sure 
you write in there that you give me permission to do so. I'm not calling people anymore to ask for permission. That shit is getting old. So we had a few house cleaning things to take care of. All right. So today's topic. What men find repulsive with women. And ladies, this is to help you immensely. I'm going to tell you one thing that as a younger man, when I was dating older women, because that seemed to be my niche at that time, that's who was attracted to me. Actually, more than I was attracted to them. Because I tried with women my age, younger, they didn't want to have nothing to do with me. They were like, ah, oh, you, you, you know, you're a little bit too this or too that. Primarily what they said was, you think too much. Well, I thought about it for a moment and I said, you know, maybe they have a point. Maybe I'm overanalyzing things. But these were just basic fundamental concepts in creative thinking. It was nothing that a rocket scientist at NASA had to do. And what I had to realize was that their bar was so low for men that a lot of these girls wound up messing their lives up very early because they didn't think things through. They were in the moment. And it didn't dawn on me until one day, this girl who had dumped me, and at the time I was like 18, getting ready to go in the military. And I had talked to her and talked to her and, oh, well, you're too young. You don't know anything. She was the same age I was, 18. And I need somebody that really knows more about life. So she got involved with this 28-year-old man. What she didn't know at the time was that he was married. Had a pregnant wife. She was very insecure. He was messing around with not only this woman that I was dealing with, but also other women. Well, she messed around with him. I went on the military and she writes me. Guess what? I'm pregnant. Well, I know I didn't do it because I never got a chance to sleep with her. And the first thing she asked me was, what kind of benefits will you have in the military? Now, at that time, I'm thinking to myself, this poor little girl needs help. And I was getting ready to put on my Marine Corps cape and try to save her. I was thinking about taking an allotment out for it. I said, wait a minute. Why would I take an allotment out for this woman that dissed me, first of all, that's pregnant by somebody else? And she went on and told me the whole thing. She wrote me this long-ass letter about how she found out this guy was married. His wife was pregnant. And he had all kind of legal problems because all these women were taken to court for child support. And she had to move back in with her mother. Because the apartment that he had rented for her, the wife pulled in the reins on all of that. She took over the finances. She took his car away from him. She drove him everywhere. And eventually, this girl died on the vine and went back home to mama. And so, later on, she had her mother to write me. Now, I'm in boot camp at the time. 
mother's telling me how sad the daughter is, how it would be a good thing after I got out of boot camp for us to get together, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I've seen through this shit like Superman with X-ray vision. Not interested. Now, here's the thing. My mom didn't know what was going on with me in the military. I'm in boot camp down at uh, MCRD San Diego. She thinks it's okay just to send money down like I really needed money. Well, you get back pay out of the Marine Corps. And before I knew it, I had a massive, pretty good amount of money before I got ready to leave. Had more money I needed. More money than I ever needed. And I went on. And after I got out, put it in the bank. We had leave for two weeks before we had to go to infantry training school. Now, and by the way, that's the place where you really learn how to fight. Boot camp teaches you the fundamentals, the endurance part of things. But you learn how to kick ass and take names in ITS and then when they send you to advanced training, warfare training. Which I kind of like because then you can fuck a lot of shit up with, with little effort. But the interesting thing was this. Throughout this time, when I went to, got on leave, I went over to see her. And at the time, I had a Cadillac. It was a 70, 71 Coupe de Ville. It was a Calais. And her mother had to go to the grocery store. So, Oh, girl's in the front seat, belly high up. Her stomach was so high that you know how your breasts separate because your belly got to be in the middle? And so I'm thinking to myself, damn, she's super pregnant. I'm like, I'm being cordial, but she's trying to be cozy. Well, you know, he he's, he's tied up, so I don't have to worry about him. Well, me and you can get together, we can have sex. Well, here's the thing. I was afraid to have sex with this girl because I didn't want my dick bumping the baby's head. I didn't know at the time. So I was like, nah, that's all right. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good. Mama, of course, was like trying to force the thing. Well, mama got the groceries. Mama had EBT card and went on pay for it, got everything together. We get back in the car. Her mother says, well, you get with my daughter, this will be my Cadillac. I'm saying to myself, oh, fuck, no, it won't. <laughs> that just came out. I dropped her ass off, dropped her mom off, said my goodbyes, and never saw her again. Best thing I could have done. Now, here is the thing that I will tell you. Fellas, if a woman... And ladies, listen to me. If you turn down a guy and you get pregnant by another dude, do not boomerang back to him. Please don't. Have dignity about yourself, integrity. Because if you do that, even if you have a fool of a guy that would take you back, you know damn well you're not going to respect him. You know you're not. Fellas, another thing. Women who have a lot of condoms at their home, Two things happening. Either they're fucking a lot of men or they're fucking a lot of objects. One of the two. They're not just going to let them sit down. Just sit around. Went to this one lady's house. She had a big ass uh, vase 
full of nothing but condoms. Every kind you could think of, Magnum. She had the lube. She had the Trojan, the regular Trojan. She had the lifestyle. All of these things. They had every kind of assortment of flavored lube you could imagine. Now, when she went into the kitchen, she was going to cook me dinner. She goes into the kitchen. I come in. I notice in the vegetable tray, she's got nothing but cucumber, zucchini, I mean, out the ass. And she said, oh, yeah, I like cucumbers. Oh, okay. So she was making a salad. What didn't she put in the cucumber, I mean, in the salad? She didn't put cucumbers in there. And I said, I thought you liked cucumbers. She said, well, I like them for other things besides eating. That dawned on me then. Abundance of condoms, lube, cucumber. And so we got to talking, and then later on she just told me, she said, yeah, she says, I'm not going to be going here letting any man come in between my legs. I'll go get me a cucumber, put a condom on it, put some lube on it, and i have me a good time. And then she went on to tell me that her girlfriend does the same thing, except she'll cut hers up in a salad and eat it. And that grosses her out. That's the reason why she doesn't do it herself. There's some women out there who do this, fellas. Ladies, some of you may not know this. Yes, there are women out there. They would rather not have guys cycling through their lives and pleasure themselves before they do that. But some of them have a phobia about using a condom or, I mean, a, a dildo or a vibrator because they feel as though that is the lowest of the low. So they use the poor woman's dildo. I don't have a problem with it. If a woman does that to please her, okay. But understand one thing too, fellas, is this. When that woman gets a hold of you and she decides that she wants to be with you, she's going to weigh your ass out because she has a lot of pent-up demand, a lot of sexual energy. And there are women that are like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So don't criticize them, fellas, after you find out about this, if they masturbate a lot. Enjoy it. Try to join the party. Ladies, quit being so ashamed of masturbation. Really. Don't, don't, don't let it get in the way of your pleasure. Because if you do, what you will find is that if you're doing this on the down low and your man finds out about it, he may be threatened by it. But if you incorporate that into your routine in the bedroom, it makes it much easier for him, him to transition and try to help you with it. Because the goal is to make you happy. Now, other things that men sometimes find challenging and they have problematic issues with women Fellas, if you meet a woman and she's bipolar as I did in Santa Monica that time that I tell you about regularly, make sure she's on her meds. That's vital because you don't know how she's going to react when she's off, the, off of them. Now, one component that comes with bipolarism is depression. Sometimes they'll have anxiety spurts and then they'll have lows, highs and lows. They may be enthusiastic one day, and the next day they may be rather calm 
and subtle. Watch that because you'll notice some mood swings and I mean vast sometimes. The lady that I took out that night was very nice in the beginning. And then, oh yeah, it came out because she had quit taking her medicine a few days before we started, before we went out on a date. When I met her initially, she was on her meds. But she told me, I don't need the medication if I'm in a relationship. The relationship is my healing. And she really believed that. And one thing about bipolar people, they sometimes don't notice what they're doing while they're doing it. And then sometimes they'll not take their medicine so long that you have to convince them to take it. And then when they do take it, they become a little bit more manageable. It depends on the person, though. Some people have a very violent reaction when they're off their meds. Others don't. They just go into a depression, and they may have an anxiety spurt where they want to go do something out of the ordinary. It depends. But that was the first bipolar woman I dated. And as you know, I told you about how she was dancing with her feet on the dashboard, kissing me one minute, slapping me and cussing me out the next, laughing uncontrollably the next. So she had a lot of things going on. Now, we can't condemn them for having that condition. But if they already know that there is help and they have that help in the form of medication that will help them survive, you can only do so much. If she's not willing to take that, I would tell you, you need to start looking elsewhere for a woman. Because see, there's another thing that's, that abuts this. And that is not only depression, but dementia is not too far away as she ages. So you have to consider that too. So when you're thinking about dating someone who has bipolar symptoms, and not only men, women, you ladies dealing with men who have this, you may have to also deal with that aspect of it. Now, I'm no psychologist, no psychiatrist, but I've been around plenty of them because my mom worked in that field. And she had to prep me on when I would come to work to see her at times. She says, son, you don't judge them. You have to talk to them with dignity and respect. There was a guy that used to sit out in the lobby every once in a while, butt naked, reading a newspaper, dick hanging out everything. And my mother would walk over to him and say, you know better than to be dressed like that. And she would say, dress like that, even though he was naked. And he would say, okay, I need to go put some clothes on, right? And she would say, yes, could you please go and put some clothes on? And he would go and put his clothes on and then come back downstairs at the facility, fully dressed. But there were certain people he listened to. And you have some people that are like that. 
So you never know what kind of psychological condition you may be dealing with with a person. He was bipolar and schizophrenic. And usually with schizophrenic people, they hear voices sometimes. And they have things that go through their head that sometimes confuses them. They become very paranoid, very untrusting. And the best advice I can give you is if you have a medical professional, not one of these quacks that are on YouTube talking all this shit, wearing the stethoscope, and they're not really a medical professional. I'm talking about someone that you see that prescribes meds. Stick by your regimen. Please stick by your medication. It helps you out. Don't try to go independent with it. Don't try to self-medicate. There are a lot of people who never went to get help. And you'll run across them too. You know when guys say, oh, she's psycho. Well, you got to also look at, hey, you were with her. So what does that make you as well? If you're using that designation. See, mental illness is nothing that's a negative thing. Most mentally ill people really are harmless. And you will have that segment that's not. But it's a smaller number by comparison. So guys, as soon as you see some of these things, don't exploit it. Don't just go and have sex with these women because many times... Some of them, they could barely manage themselves, let alone talk about managing a child or managing a family. They're dealing with something. Because see, what you have to remember is that illness is a major part of their lives that they're trying to manage. And that means that the fewer things they have left, I'm going to use a word that my friend made up, complexicate, (laughs) That may complexicate, as he said. He's also the same guy to say amalam. Not ambul- not ambulance. Amalam. He used to crack him up. He and Jesse Jackson going neck and neck on making up words. But the thing was, you want to be very mindful of what you're getting into and how it's going to impact that person's life. They have a right to have a happy life just like anyone else. No different. Yes, we all have some sort of idiosyncrasies. We have unfounded fears that we don't talk about. I dated a lady who was afraid of clowns. Fucked around and took her to the L.A. fair. She had a fit when the clown walked up to her. She was hiding behind me, clinging to my arms, crying like a child. I said, why are you afraid of clowns? They just scare me. They look too happy. I never had no problem with a clown. Hell, shit. Some of the women I dated dressed up like clowns with all that damn makeup and shit. I thought it was a normal thing. Only thing they didn't have with them big-ass shoes. But you run across that. We're going to talk more in just a moment. All right, ladies, the other type of woman that a man may have pause 
in dating. If you have too many male friends around, I mean a male friend that takes care of everything. He's like your butler. He's like your personal assistant. And if he's not gay and he's straight, he poses a threat to the man that's trying to talk to you. And I tell you why. Because see, as men, this is what we do. If you call us your friend and we have tried for you at one time, if we tried to sleep with you one time and you slough it up, oh, you know, now we'll be friends. And then you still holding us around as your friend. Oh, we're going to try to fuck you at every turn. I'm just telling. You want, you think I'm lying? Ladies, you could try this if you want to. Ask your male friend, your platonic friend, if things were where we were together, somewhere alone, just you and I, and I was horny and made advances to you, would you pursue me? That's all you would have to ask him. Oh, he ain't not going to give you an answer because he knows he don't want to blow it with you. He'd, he'd fuck the dog shit out of you, ladies. I'm telling you, not what I heard, not what I got from somebody else, what I know personally. Because I've done it. I've done it plenty of times. Because they wanted to hang you around like you're a little souvenir. And it's kind of crazy because a lot of you think, especially you younger women, you think, oh, well, you know, he's harmless. He's going to be a friend. And then you start doing women's stuff in front of him. Oh, changing clothes, those kind of things. Now, you know he's not going to attack you or assault you usually if he's your true friend and you vetted him properly. But one thing he's going to do is let you know that, hey, you know, I'm still trying to tear your ass up if I get a chance. Now, some women are mindful of that. Even when I was with Monica. She, know, she knew that she had to be careful. We were in a relationship. And she said, well, I'm going to wear this dress because... At least you won't get too aroused so you won't try nothing while we're out in public. I'm not going to try a thing. And of course, she'd do something like, of course, not wear any panties so that the way the dress would fit whenever she would bend over something like that, you could see the outline. Now, some women will do that. That's okay, fellas, if your woman does that to you every once in a while, tries to arouse you or keep you Interested. Nothing's wrong with that. You don't want a woman that is too independent. And when I say this, they're going to state their independence. It's okay, ladies, for you to declare your territory, but you don't have to say it. Because, see, let me tell you what happens. When you're too fiercely independent, the first thing we think about is, oh, Something must have happened when she wasn't in control of her of herself in an environment. It could have been where you were assaulted. It could have been where you felt victimized in a household when you were a younger kid and never had a chance to have your voice heard. 
And so with this, we look at it from the standpoint, you're still fighting a battle. And usually we're not too far from the surface of that battle. Something said, something implied the wrong way, then all of a sudden you're going this, that, and the third towards it to try to prove yourself. When we hear that, we say, oh, something something drastic happened. And it has an impact on the way we treat you. In that, we'll say, well, you know what? I'm going to lay off of this. I'm not going to text her as much, and maybe she'll get the message. I'm just going to kind of lay off. Especially if you're trying to prove yourself all the time. If you're in a relationship with someone, you don't need to overdo it by proving yourself. It's like you've won the race. What more do you want? We're giving you the trophy. That's what you get. Now, another thing, though, that we have to come to grips with. Men also are very skeptical about women who have children and have a lot of men around her. The reason why we are like that, more than likely, especially based on socioeconomic conditions, there's a good possibility that some women sleep with the guys for certain things such as maybe car repairs, home repairs, help with bills and that kind of thing. I've dated a couple of women that were socially obligated to people in so many ways. And, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's my friend and he does my car and so-and-so does my lawn, my lawn and all this stuff. I kind of find out these guys were screwing her the whole time. I was boo-boo the fool. That's how she was paying things, using her vagina as currency. Because there's some women that actually feel as though their money is far worth more than yours. So they want you to spend more of your money. And so, like, for instance, she needs auto repairs done on the car. And so, oh, no, that's okay. I got a man. I got somebody that's taking care of that. You don't have to worry about that. What she's telling you is, don't ask too many questions because you might find out the answer you might not like. And this is a hard one to swallow for some guys. So you just want to leave that as it is. But understand one thing. When these guys have keys to her apartment, keys to her car, and all this kind of stuff, there's more going on than that. So ladies, you want to clean that up before you start dating. Another thing, fellas, when a woman tells you, as I've always said before, that she is celibate. She's been celibate for so many years, so many months. That doesn't mean something hasn't gone between her legs. That means a man hasn't. Now, if she has kids, we already know we're dealing with a hypocrite. Because somebody's already been there, done that, planted a seed and moved on. And she set up these rules for you after the fact. Other kind of woman you don't want to deal with, guys. The woman that's making all of these demands of you. As one woman did to me not too long ago, about two years ago. She's telling me all of these things that she wanted. She wanted a $300 purse. She wanted this uh, Van Cleef and Arpels uh, fragrance that was $500 a bottle. 
I came to pick her up one evening for a date. Guess what I saw on her front door? Pay rent, I quit. Three day notice. She gone past the 30 and the 15, three day notice. So I knock on the door. She opens the door, she didn't know that was on the door. And she said, oh, these people, they've been trying to get me out of here for the longest. And so she wanted to go to this restaurant up there on the strip. Well, this restaurant, I can tell you right now, the meals were pretty expensive. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, all right, so she wanted to go to this seafood buffet. I think it was at Mandalay Bay. And I found that we could get in and it was a little bit cheaper than she had expected. And she tells me, well, you know, I usually have dinners of about four or $500, mainly because of the wine. And I'm saying to myself, you got a three-day notice on your damn apartment and you're sitting up here spending this money. Well, spending my money in the process. I wasn't spending no $500 or anything like that on it. So we ate, and then after we finished, she says, okay, I think we need to go to this cigar bar that I know of. Well, the cigars there started at like $100, and then, you know, you get the cognac or whatever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying to myself, why am I wasting this money? She's half-assed torn up financially. Why am I doing this? And I, I just told her, I said, do you have gas in your car? Oh, I got three quarters of a tank. I said, okay. Why are you asking that? I said, because I have think I think that we have a problem with priorities. Well, that's my business. Don't you worry about my motherfucking business. You tell me that. I said, well, I said, you're right. I shouldn't. And she was like, well, you know, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. That's fine. What I did at that moment, cut the money off. She wanted another bottle, of, another glass of cognac? Nope. Really, you're not going to pay for it? I said, no. I said, I would have felt better giving you the money so you could keep your apartment and put gas in your car. Oh, I ain't worried about that shit. I got that taken care of. You don't need to be in my business anyway. Well, guess what happened when we got back to her house? Her car was gone. I'm going to call the police. Somebody stole my car. Somebody stole a car. Next door neighbor told her, he said, oh yeah, they came in with a tow truck and picked your car up. They pulled a car. And then she started to cry. I don't know why these people are doing all this to me. That administrative assistant job that she claimed she had, they had fired her a long time ago. A lot of you ladies go through this shit with men. Financially irresponsible. Priorities are fucked up. Can't see the forest for the trees. And I thought that this lady was 45, that she had learned a lesson throughout life. 
Apparently not. You have some old fools out there, folks, that never learn. They just keep making the same perpetual mistake over and over in perpetuity. You can't help them. You got to let them go. The person who exaggerates and lies about things is another one we don't like. And a lot of women are known for doing this, telling half-truths. See, a man usually straight up lies to you. He's not going to tell you a half-truth. He's going to lie. The reason why he's going to lie is because it's convenient for him to do so, and he feels as though he only has to tell it once, and you'll believe him. And plus, he's not going to remember the lie he told you. And he doesn't care if he gets caught in the lie. Because men don't really follow through that well. Now, women will try to, and some of them will orchestrate it in in such a way that everything adds up. But for the most part, when that person is just trying to get into your good graces, they're going to lie to you. And once you catch them in one lie, don't bother trying to go through and try to find the truth out of them. Because they're going to continue doing it because they're going to deflect. And they're never going to tell you what's really going on with them. If you're over-obligated to someone, to a friend, to a family member, where they can call you up, call this person up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Or they could call this person up while you're on a date and you got to cancel the date. That's not a good look. And I'm not talking about kids where there's an emergency. They may classify an emergency such as, oh, well, my sister-in-law needs to go to the grocery store. Let's drop everything we're doing and let's go pick her up and go to the grocery store. You're being used indirectly by her. Because she wants you now incorporated in the chain of usury that she is experiencing with her family and other people, even friends sometimes. Don't allow that to happen. It's a waste of time, money, and effort. Please don't allow that to happen. Another thing that will happen also that I've seen. You and your girl be ready to go out on a date, right? And then all of a sudden she said, well... I want to pick up my friend Shauna. She's going with us. Well, does Shauna have her own money? Oh, don't be a cheapskate. Come on now. You have two women with you. They'll run that shit on you. Fellas, don't go for it. Don't go for it. When I told this lady one night when she told me that, I said, well, I'd like for you to know I'm fucking both of y'all tonight. Huh? I can't believe you. Uh, Yeah. If it's going to be like that, You're a jerk. You're just like the rest of the guys. I said, like you weren't a jerk when you invited your friend without telling me? You had probably had this thing already planned, called her up and told her, girl, you can go out with us. He's paying. This is the reason why I tell you guys not to date party girls. A party girl is going to always look out for her girlfriends before you. You're nothing more than just somebody to be walked over so that she can have her girlfriends out to have fun. Now, keep in mind, fellas, another thing. 
when you're out and there's a group of women around, there's usually one woman in that group that doesn't have as much money as the rest of them. Now, it could be that she's saving her money because her money is special as she sees it over everybody else's. Or it could be a thing where, of course, one of the women in that party is paying for her, her benefactor. Notice if they're complaining about her, if an argument ensues with them about her. You want to stay away from that lady. There's a reason why they are upset with her. Ladies, you already know the drill about this when the guys start arguing over money because dude is ordering drinks and he's not pulling out any cash and the guys are taking care of him and they're complaining about it. That's the way that goes. We're going to talk more in just a moment. All right, fellas, another thing you need to find out are the priorities of the woman. What comes first? You may want to ask her this on a date. What do you value over everything else right now? What is your priority? Listen to her carefully. And she said, well, my family, you know, my mom, my sister, my so-and-so and so-and-so. There's nothing wrong with them loving them. It's when they have priority over everything else. Women you don't consider. Women that say, oh, well, my girlfriend called me up. It's on. You just go out there. Uh, I just have to talk to you later. No, you don't want that. You can find that anywhere. Somebody that has priorities like that, you can find that anywhere. You want to avoid that. Now, Another trap that you may be sprung into is one where you're meeting this woman for the first time and she wants to take you over to meet her family. Be careful on this. Usually a woman will want to see whether or not you're worthy to be around her family first, family and friends, because she's judged by the decision she made on the man that she brings to them. A woman who has poor judgment usually just drags the next guy in in front of the family and friends. You're introduced to them and they're kind of lackluster to you because as they see it, you're just another number. Oh, she drags all these dudes in off the street for us to meet. Which means that they don't take her seriously. She's still trying to prove to them that she can get a decent man. And you're just another number. And also, one thing to keep in mind. They usually have one disgruntled family member who's tired of her shit, tired of her shenanigans. She may owe them money. And you might hear family conflict ensue. Don't get involved. Let them deal with that. She's going to always have her side of the story that she's going to try to win you over with. There are always three sides to the story. Hers, theirs, and the truth. So, if she doesn't tell you, and you're blindsided about meeting her family and all that while you're on your first date, 
usually it has to do with something with that matter, where they're trying to prove themselves to family. I can get a good man. I can make a good decision. That's not your fight. That's not your beef. That's something that pre-existed. And the only thing it's going to do is expose you to something that you don't need to be exposed to. Now, other things that you have to consider. A woman who's telling you about all of her bills that are due and she doesn't know what she's going to do. She comes to you right out the gate with a financial problem. Could be a place to stay that she needs. Could be that she's delinquent on her car payments. It could be a plethora of things. Don't ever get involved there. Eventually, she's going to ask you for some money or she's going to ask you for some other type of scheme. I had a woman one time, she was three months behind on her car payment. And she tells me, why don't we swap cars? They won't know what my car is and yours is current. So in that way, we can, uh-uh, hell no. Now, we ain't, we ain't like that. We ain't that close. I don't trust you like that. Don't know you like that. Don't like you like that. What they will try to do is they will try to go and quickly attach themselves to you. And that means sex, that won't be a problem. Whatever they have to do to get to you. These are survivalists. And you have to be very careful in dealing with survivalists. Ladies, you already know about these guys. They come into your life. They start bringing clothes over, bringing stuff over. They're trying to move in gradually. They're trying to make suggestions to you like, you know, uh, it's getting tough trying to catch this bus to get to work. Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't you come down to the bank and we go and try to see if we could co-sign a car for me? Uh-uh. You don't co-sign with anybody unless you're married to them. Seriously. Don't do that shit, not even if you're living together. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. See, what the person wants is they want you to carry them. Cell phones are one way that they try to do it. So they might say, well, my phone's getting cut off. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to communicate with you. And some guys will go, oh, well, I'll just put you on my plan. And they carry you get this brand new phone, right? And then when they get this brand new phone, after a couple of weeks or so, they want to break up with you. And you still stuck paying for that phone for them. Which means they're more than likely you're going to pay the bill because you don't want your credit ruined. You don't do it that way, fellas. You get a prepaid phone if you're going to do that. That's right. Get her a cheap prepaid phone. Have her set up her own account. Or else what you could do is uh, talk to the uh, person there at the desk and let them set it up separately. If you're going to do that. But I can tell you, more than likely... After she gets that phone, she's going to say to hell with you anyway. So don't do it. You don't swap that. You don't do that. 
Birthdays are another things that you have to worry about. They're going to expect a lot from you. And fellas, let me tell you one thing. Valentine's Day, birthday, Christmas. Those are three events that women will break up with you after getting something from you. There's some of them that are like that. They're collectors. That's what they do. They go in relationships deliberately to collect things from men. Now, the one thing that's sad about it, when they do fall in love with a guy, guess what he doesn't do? More than likely, he doesn't roll out the red carpet for them. And the reason why is because most of these guys have already figured out what she's about. And the last thing they're going to do is give her what she wants. Equal access and plurality. So you keep her there. The one requirement you should make for any woman in your life, she can pay her own bills. Doesn't matter if she's broke. Doesn't matter if she doesn't have any money after she's paid her bills. As long as she can pay them. Because after all, you got to remember, you guys are going out on disposable income. You should never be going out on pre-budgetary income, meaning that you should not be going out on a date when your rent is due, your car payments due, your phone bills due, your insurance is due, and you're saying, well, fuck it, I'm just going to go out on this date and then I'll just deal with the rest later. Don't do that. Because you're giving her a false sense of accomplishment. So take, for instance, you take out to this lavish restaurant and the bill is $169. Okay, we'll say something like that. And lavish, of course, in this modern era, doesn't mean average, it means about mediocre at best. So you take her out. And then she feels as though, well, since we went out there this time, that's about a norm for him. So it'd be about 169 to 170 to 180 that he'll spend on dinner. What kills most guys off is the frequency of it. So she may want to do that every weekend. So if you really look at it, you're spending 200 that's about $800 a month that you're spending on dates. And you're just with her about four times in a month with that. That's not worth it. It really isn't. Find you a cheaper woman. And don't be ashamed of getting with a lower maintenance woman. You can find a lower maintenance woman that's very attractive, that has a good head on her shoulders, and who's very practical. When a woman says she's a cheap date, that is a red flag for you. And you have to watch that. Oh, I, you know, I'm a cheap date. A cheap date to her may be three, four hundred dollars. But I want you to consider another thing too. You have to look at her current financial situation as well. Is she complaining about bills? She's living beyond her means. And she's got the delusion that she is a cheap date. Now, a practical woman who says she's a cheap date, she's the kind of lady that will probably show up with coupons or show up, hey, honey, let's go here tonight because they got a special or something like that. That is a true cheap date. What she's doing is she's being considerate of the money you're spending. 
because what she looks at is, well, the more money we have in reserve for the future, the better it will be for the two of us. It makes sense. Because this woman has been accustomed to being in relationships where she had to be responsible. The one thing you want to avoid is the irresponsible woman. The no-fault Teflon lady. She won't own up to anything. She tries to get past those trying moments. Oh, let's talk about something. Let's do something else. Well, that may sound good, but you got to assess how much time you're going to spend with her on something like that. Because a lot of you guys waste your time. Other things that women may do. They may tell you, well, you know, um, I got a date coming up tomorrow, so I, I promised this guy that I'll go out with him. I met him on the dating site. And you may be number three, four, five, or six, or whatever on the list. Now, if you don't get a phone call back from her or a text afterwards, that means she's got she's going to be with that guy. Don't try to go after her after that. Leave it. You contacted her last. She told you that she was going to go on this date with this other guy. Let her go on it. Don't contact her back. Don't. How did the date go? Don't do no shit like that. You know, in the Marine Corps, when we shoot down range to uh, qualify for, at the rifle range, they would always tell us never to look out from the sight. And they were right, because you're giving a sniper an opportunity to blow your head off. You stay in the prone position, and you fire your weapon. As an added note, some Marines, like myself, we didn't like the, sh the uh, expert badge because it had the cross rifles and the wreath around it. It didn't look as prestigious on a uniform. So we would literally miss the last shot or score very low on the last shot to qualify. So we'd get the cross because the cross looked much better. It looks more distinguished on a uniform. And God help you if you couldn't shoot, you got the marksman badge. You didn't want that. The marksman badge, we used to call it the toilet seat because that's what it looked like. So you wanted to cross. And we'd have the overachievers that would go and have all of the uh, expert pistol, expert rifle. It didn't look as flashy as the uh, sharpshooter badge did. But what I'm saying, though, is this. You have to be mindful and really think things through because some of these women actually are out there. Ladies, I know some of you know women that I'm talking about that like some of the women I described. And many of you don't want to be their friends. Another thing that I will give you as a heads up, ladies, to help you out, take for instance, you're meeting a guy and there's a group of you ladies and there's this guy there and he's handsome and you know your girls are trying to see who's going to talk to him first if you know you're the better woman please step up 
Don't let that man fuck his life up. Especially after you guys have gotten to know him. Because you're very competitive as women. And you already know the weaknesses in those other ladies. Now, I know most women are going to say, well, I'm the best woman for him and that kind of thing. But you actually know. That will help you along the way a lot. Because there are a lot of good men that wind up with the wrong girl in those kind of situations. And they become very skeptical after they had that bad experience. And then they'll say, well, hell, you know, mm, all of them must be like that. And you could be the one that stands out and be the one that really has all the bells and whistles. And you don't have to be the prettiest one or the finest one. And we're not always looking for that. Because there's some men out there that they've already had the finest, the best, and the brightest, and all that stuff. So you have to be very, very considerate of what may be the best option for you ladies when it comes to a man. Don't let that bullshit girlfriend take away a good opportunity from you. And then stay in the rest of you guys' reputation based on his experience with her. More in a moment. Now, there's a subject that I'm going to talk about that's going to piss some people off. Some of you ladies who are older, we'll say in your 40s, 50s, 60s, trying to talk with younger men, especially those of you who are going 10 years your junior and below. Now, here's the thing. If you're going 10, 15, 20 years down, down the line for a man, so take, for instance, you're 40 and you're going for a guy that's 20. A couple of things. It's not uncommon for us to encounter women who may be physically fit. They go to the gym, they work out, got a nice shape, nice body, all this stuff. And the girlfriends tell them, girl, you know, you look like you're about maybe 25. And it goes to her head. And so she may think that, hey, I'm going to see if I can pull me a younger man. And you go down as far the food chain as you can. Now, don't get me wrong. Men do this same thing with younger women, except for one thing. As men, we don't gaslight each other. Man, you look like you're about 14. We only do it in a negative way. We do it in sarcasm. We don't do it as a way of boosting the guy's self-esteem. Because we are not communicative like that on the male side. So, you go and you get with the younger man. Let's say he's 20. Meet him at the gym. And guys, by the way, older women like going to the gym to get the attention of younger men. Makes them feel great. Here is the thing you have to concern yourselves with, fellas. Take for instance, she gets the younger man from the gym that she likes. Now, the thing you have to keep in mind, she's going to have a regimen when it comes down to going to the gym regularly. 
she's got to keep up something that you already have naturally at your advantage, and that's your youth. Now, you are a threat to her in the sense that you can always get a woman your age or younger, even someone that's five years older and still be okay. She may limit herself and say, hey, you know what? I want no old ass man. I don't want no man in my age group. I want only younger. The problem with this for many older women is that as they get older, they think they can still attract younger. And then it gets to a point where, yes, they will attract younger men, but these guys are going to go more for sleeping with them than actually having a relationship with them. So it thins out as she ages. Just like with men with younger women. It kind of thins out as he ages because he knows as he goes and gets older, those younger women are going to be looking more for stability, money, comfort, that kind of thing. Now, here is the problem for many women who are up in age when they're dealing with the younger man. A lot of older women who play this game know the deal. That's the reason why they shave their pubes. They don't want gray hair to show up anywhere. They're dying their hair. Now, what eventually happens when they start wearing wigs, this is when some of the interest kind of wanes. The one thing that that older woman has concerned herself with is not looking like his aunt, his grandmother, or his mom. When that starts to happen, he starts to lose interest. Not in all cases. The problem that you have with some of the guys who are going that route, who say, oh, I'm only into older women. Some of these guys have a fetish for older women. I knew a guy that was 21 years old. He was with a 61-year-old woman. He liked gray hair. And if the woman had white hair, oh, he was all over her. But here's the key. As a younger man, if that older woman is considering you, but she's insecure about dating a younger man, that's the best kind of older woman to date. The reason why? Because she's already self-conscious about how old she is, and she's not trying to deny it or fight it. So that's something she already has. So the only thing you're really dealing with is that self-esteem gap that she may have about, well, I have kids that are your age or older than you. Because see, here's the thing with a woman like that. She knows that if she does get with you, she's not one of these women that are just going to give you just a little of them. She's going to go all in with you. And see, that's what she's afraid of doing because she doesn't want to be looking like a fool. But here is the thing. Once she's convinced that you are genuinely interested in her as a lover, as someone that can build a future together, that age consideration is going to go by the wayside. Now, ladies, one thing I will tell you, when a younger man is into you like that, Stop with the negative talk about yourself, about you being old and about the age gap. 
concentrate on the relationship. It will benefit you guys greatly. He knows you're going to age. He knows you're going to have gray hair. And guess what you don't have to do for him? Put on this facade like that woman that's working out in the gym all the time, trying to stay fit, trying to stay fine, trying to keep her shit together. You can still go to the gym, work out and do those things. But guess what you don't have to do? You're doing it just to be adequately healthy. You don't have to do it in order to keep up because you might lose him. See, a lot of those women, if they quit going to the gym, they lose the guy. You don't. Because you already established who you are. And therefore, as he sees it, he likes that because he has a confident woman who's comfortable with her age, comfortable in her skin, made her decision to be with him. And what happens then, he becomes comfortable with you. He starts treating you like a wife, not a girlfriend, like a wife. Because, see, you have some things at your advantage. You have knowledge from being in past relationships and marriages. You have wisdom, something he needs badly at a younger age. You pay attention to detail. You're comfortable in your own skin. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. He met you as you are. And that's an added plus. But the thing is, is not to attract him with a facade. You got to be who you are at that particular time when he meets you. Because what we look for as men is continuity in the woman. That's what we look for. When we don't see that, what we then see is, oh, she's trying too hard to be like whomever. friend of mine, he went through a situation once a few years ago. This lady, she was older. He was in his 30s. She was in her 50s. And she was really attractive for her age. But here was the problem. She had so many procedures done on her to make her look that way. She had gone to the gym and done all of this extra stuff and was taking all of these herbal remedies and all these damn vitamin supplements and everything. And then one day she went to the doctor and the doctor told her, you're doing too much. You need to slow down on some of this shit. And she was like, well, if I slow down, I'm going to lose what I have. And the doctor said, it's either your health or what you're trying to present to people. Well, she decided to Started being herself. Well, my friend didn't like that. And what he started to see was this woman. And when she stopped, what he saw was, he, he told me, he said, man, he said, oh, girl, ever since that, he said, she looks like somebody in my family. He said, I can't even make love to her anymore. But she was willing to risk her health for that. She had the boob augmentation. She had the BBL. She had the vaginal uh, rejuvenation. She had all of that shit done. And he says she still got all those years on her. He said, but now, he said, if I'd have met her in this way, it'd have been different. But he said, my expectations 
was X. And then she told him, hey, my health comes first. And he says, well, my happiness comes first and I'm out. Some people think you can, that they can win you over by the alliance that you have as you grow together. But what you have to understand is what you present in the beginning is where you will end in the end. So you start out superficial, you're going to end superficially. So to avoid that, by being yourself up front, being honest up front, it goes a long way. You ladies stress that word honesty for a reason. But the thing is, some of you don't abide by it. There are a lot of men that don't abide by it either. But if you want to find someone that's genuine, that's where you start in the beginning being honest. I had a lady uh, recently that I met online and she reveals some flaws about her personality, character. And you know what? I appreciated her for revealing those flaws. And I said, you know, we could start out as friends and I accept those flaws because you didn't have to tell me these things about yourself. But now that you have, it gives me a better appreciation on how I could appreciate you. And a lot of times our insecurities and our fears and our things that we try to hide, they kind of make us bashful about that. And we don't want to do that because it's too embarrassing, too revealing. We'll be too vulnerable. This is the reason why a lot of men, and this is not an alpha men, but this is the reason why a lot of men go in lying to women, go in embellishing things because they want to make that big splash and get your attention. But see, the hardest thing in a dating situation leading to a relationship is transitioning from getting that attention to keeping it. And what that relates to is that person has to come about as someone who is genuine. And that's very hard for some people. They don't know how to be genuine because they haven't been truthful to themselves. How can they be truthful to others? Now, we talk about communications in relationships, how important that is, how vital that is. But it's also what you're communicating to each other and how you communicate to each other, which is very important as well. That's the reason why, guys, you need to listen to women when they start talking to you and in the initial stages of the dating process, they're telling you certain things that you'll be dealing with if you deal with them. If she says she lives a lavish lifestyle, and then when you take her home, you got to hope that your car isn't stolen, and she may be delusional. However, if you're dealing with someone that's modest, humble, forthright, you got something to work with. Some of the prompts that I've seen on Hinge really have made my hair stand up. One lady wrote, I'll read it to you. 
dating me is like having sex on the first date and then lavishing me with gifts afterwards. I'll read you another one that I saw that I pulled. Dating me is like a complicated math problem, but once you've solved the issue, then I'm all butter and pancakes. Now, the prompt in the second one, and this one, tells you up front as a guy that you got to go through a lot of shit to get to her, and then when you do, then she's going to fall for you. The thing that she doesn't realize is that by saying something like this, the first thing the guy's going to ask is, okay, how much bullshit would I have to go through to get to who you are? Is it going to be that complicated? Is it going to cause me to have to go this, that, and the third to be with you? Simplification, guys, is the key with women. The simpler it is to communicate with them, to talk to them, to get them to show their character, their personality, their level of integrity, that expedites a lot of things. If she's still hung up on the shiny metal objects, if she's still hung up on the materialistic aspect of it, if she's still hung up in that nebulous of not knowing where she's going to go, but she knows wherever she goes is going to have to be where she's going to be grandiose. Mm-mm. You don't need to put yourself in that situation. You want something, I'm telling you, simpler is better. Why do you think most of the women that get men are not these super hot chicks? They're actually the average looking woman. I was in the store today at Smith's. Lady behind me in line, she looked like an average American woman. She was about 5'7". Brunette. Brown eyes. Wonderful smile. And we were just chit-chatting as we were, as I was checking out. And she says, uh, yep, in a couple more weeks, I'm going to be a free woman. And I said, free? And she said, yeah, I'm divorcing. And I'm going to close that chapter of my life. And I said, how old are you, 37, 36? She said, no, I'm 42. She says, but you know, since I filed those divorce papers, I've been the happiest person ever since then. She said, it took me a long time to get to that point because I still had my shoulder to the wheel trying to work things through. She had her champagne. She had all of her cakes and stuff there. And she said, what I decided to do was give myself a little celebration. So when I get my divorce papers, I will already have the cake, champagne, and have me a good time. She said, that's my little part of the world. She said, I could never do this when I was married. I could never enjoy me. I could never enjoy myself. The cashier just looked at her and said, I'm jealous. 
and we all started laughing. Because she realized, and she's still young enough in order to turn things around for herself. But see, that's the thing. Some people get past a certain age and they say, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to stay in it. I'll watch the rest of the movie. I'll see how it ends. Now, what we're going to talk about next, when it comes down to other situations to avoid with women, All right, you want to avoid the negative Nancy and you want to avoid the angry Susan. These are two phrases I coined. The negative Nancy, of course, is the woman that will take something positive, no matter what it is, and turn it into a negative. You'll be on a date and she'll take everything positive on that date and turn it to something negative. That's her comfort zone. She doesn't like leaving there. The only way you could accommodate her and be around her is to go negative. She lives in that domain. If you try to pull her out of it, you're going to find yourself back in it. Now, you don't have to be hyper positive or grossly optimistic. But you could look at things as they are. And they're not as bad as she says they are. But she wants them to be bad. Usually you're dealing with a depressed person that's trying to bring you down with them so she have a codependent individual in the relationship. Don't fall for it. Some men will do this, but you'll see a lot of women do this for sure. Everything will be negative. Oh, you're probably just not going to call me anymore. You're just going to just go and find some other woman, et cetera, et cetera. Now, some women do that for attention, but a lot of them, especially if they're middle-aged, They're doing it because they don't think much of themselves. Low self-esteem, once again. Now, the angry Susan is the woman that she's going to state she's fiercely independent. And she wants to be in control and in charge. She's not necessarily narcissistic. But she wants to be the CEO of the relationship. She's going to be very critical of you. You probably won't be able to do anything right. Now, here's the thing. She's not going to be on her narcissistic high horse like most other narcissists do. She's going to be at a point where if you point out something that she's doing wrong, she's going to become a victim instantly. You're going to be the bad guy picking on her. And she's never going to let you forget that. That's the way your relationship will seesaw. It's never going to change. She's going to find always something to be dissatisfied about. Whether it's the relationship, restaurant you're in, there's going to always be something that she's going to always criticize because that's how she survives. I will bring this down and keep you in that place. Some men do this too. 
Most men won't because they know they'll blow it with a woman. But you have some women who don't care because they have a certain disposition about men in the first place. She could have been heartbroken in the past, but the thing for her is her expectations are nil when it comes down to men. Now, she's not going to be as negative as a negative Nancy. She's going to be superficially polite. But she's also going to be this person that's going to get her digs in on you. Unresolved issues in her past, exes, childhood, all that baggage is going to be wound up into one package with this person. Now, the thing about the angry Susan is this. If she can't get everything her way the way she wants it, you're out. She's very quick to throw you away. Now, don't be surprised. Inconvenience is one thing that she's incensed by. A lot of guys fall for this and wind up in relationships where they eventually become a working Joe. Working Joe is the guy who goes to work, hands over her pay, hands over his paycheck, gets his 40 bucks allowance per week, and goes out, buys his beer, and tries to keep away from her as much as possible. He'll hang out at a sports bar all day long. The last thing he wants to do is to come home, and they don't want to come home until she sleep. And when they try to become intimate, that's a challenge in itself. And she'll be critical in the bedroom. But you dare not criticize her. Because she'll push the victim button in a minute. Very tough relationship to manage and deal with. Don't put yourself in that predicament. Because I'm telling you. You'll be headed for divorce court sooner than you think. Therapy, those kind of things, she's going to look down upon. She thinks she's okay. But she's wearing all of those emotions on her sleeve. Now, this is not a condemnation of women by no stretch. These only apply to certain women. And you'll see them as you get out there and start meeting more of them. You'll meet some women that are very nice. I mean, you're glad you met them. They make you feel so good just talking to them that you don't want the conversation to end. They are pacing the relationship. What you're looking for is a woman who understands, okay, we're dating. We're going on this date, our first date. I'm in control. I'm going to pace it in a way to let this guy know that I like him. I'm going to let him know that there's probably a future with us. And as she is carrying on the conversation with you fellas, she's already looking at potential husband, if you measure up to what she's looking for. Great conversationalist. It's another thing she looks for. Attentive. Very important. Thoughtful. And considerate. Very important good communicator 
vital, well-groomed, vital, easy to talk to, vital, feel better about myself since I met him, vital, great decision I've made so far. When a woman is firing on those cylinders on a first date, <clears throat> she now wants a second date. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because women look at men as an experience. So she's having a pleasant experience with you on the first date. Oh, she's ready to go through that experience again. She might not want that experience to end. It's like when you're reading a book and she's turning a page. Well, the second date will be, or the second interaction will be the next chapter for her to read. Now, a woman who's facing a relationship, she's going to come up with the word friends. But here's the thing, ladies. If you classify him as a friend and you're having a good time, let him know you're a friend, but you're not in the friend zone. This is very important for you to communicate to him. Because what this means at this point is you're not an also-ran. You're not just some other guy that I'm just going to put over here in this stack of people. You're letting him know that you're standing out, that he's standing out. Establish with him early. Well, we're going to start out as friends. By doing this, what you're letting him know is I want to vet you first before we start a relationship. So as you're dating, you're still friends. And as you get comfortable with him, you give him cues. And the way you give him these cues is by, take for instance, you're on your third date. And now on the third date, you may have held hands on the second date or first date. When you touch him for the first time, maybe hold his hand, rub his shoulder or something like that, you're communicating to him that, hey, I like you. This is very important for a lady, guys. Have her like you and then let her grow to love you. Because the thing is, is that that like comes from the friendship. When she gets to that, st that stage of love, that's her emotional commitment to you. See, with the like process, which is very important, believe it or not, that's the foundation of your relationship. Because what comes after like? She then feels as though she's comfortable and she feels as though she can trust you. Now, with that trust, once she has that initial trust of friendship, then she could go forward and ask for the commitment. A lot of women make the mistake of going for the commitment first. You don't even know this person yet. As you get to know this person, and you'll be communicating through text and on the phone, that kind of thing, what's going to happen is it's going to solidify your relationship. That interaction that you have when you're not with each other on a date, that interim period where you guys are communicating and that, that sort of thing, what you're doing is you're giving positive reinforcement of your concern and your caring for that person. 
and that enhances the bond. So when you meet the second date, for instance, you uh, you guys can pick up on what you started over the phone. Now, here is the thing. Guys, let her go sexual first. She may be horny one night, calls you up, tells you what she's wearing and what she's not wearing. She's doing that to let you know that I'm so comfortable with you, I'm telling you that I'm in the bed naked right now. Ah, you don't know where I live yet. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna wait. She's kind of teasing you in a way, but in a good way. She might even tell you what she likes sexually. I like to have my nipples pinched. I like for a guy to kiss my neck. I like for him to suck my breast. She might even tell you which breast she likes sucked the most. Most women, and I'll be honest with you, fellas, most women like for you to suck both of their breasts. I know we have favorites. What I do sometimes is take both of them if they're large enough and I'll put the nipple, both nipples in my mouth at the same time. It depends. It depends on the woman. But many of them prefer this. There are some women that are more sensitive in one breast than the other as well. Every woman is wired differently. So now, another thing too. She may not uh, share her address with you yet. And you guys are talking on the phone. You've gone on your first date. Things have gone so well. She's revving you up for the second date. She may not go sexual before the second date. She just may want to find out more about you. uh, Talk about some of the things that you guys spoke about on the first date. Now, the second date, she may be a little bit more playful with you. Usually it starts out first. She's serious and got to warm up a bit. Second date, she's a little bit more playful, a little bit more open with you. Third date, that's when she may come out and be a little bit more romantic, a little bit more sensual. She may ask you, what do you like? What do you like for a woman to do? And usually these conversations are held over the phone. And the reason for that, she wants you to hear a voice and she wants to hear your response. Because now it gets a little bit salacious. She may tell you what she likes. And then from there, who knows? She may say, you know, I like missionary because I like to see a guy go inside me. I like to see it just goes in me and come out of me. I like to see it go in dry and come out real sopping wet, that kind of thing. And what this does, it, of course, creates arousal. But she's prepping you for when she's ready for you. Sex is not going to be a thing where it's this ah moment. She's gradually working herself into it. Because, see, she's having this romantic interlude with you emotionally. So when she's ready, she's more comfortable with you. She knows what to expect. She's building that communication, that dialogue with you. It doesn't happen has to happen on the third date. It could be later on. But at any point, that's what she's doing. Which means I'm ready. She's going to let you know she's ready. When she's ready, she's going to usually take the lead. This is how guys are more successful with women. 
I'm telling you, fellas, you go in there groping and grabbing and shit in the early stages, that's how most of you blow it. She wants to be comfortable because once she feels as though she's made a good choice in a guy, she could see herself with you romantically, sexually. She's already got the narrative laid out in her head. And with this, the only thing you have to do is follow suit. But when you try to force it, and you try to go in there, because see, here's the fear of most women. It's to be that sexual mattress. Women don't want to be that person. They want to be recognized. They don't want to be objectified. They want to be appreciated. Because here's the thing. She's banking on the fact that after she's given herself to you, that you're going to give yourself to her. The fear of a woman is for her to give herself to you and you don't give anything back. Reciprocity is a big thing in relationships. This is the reason why women take their time with men and they just don't hop in a bed with them because most of the jackasses out there are going straight for the jugular, sending dick pics, telling people, telling women how long they are, that kind of thing. You let her guide her because what's going to happen is she's going to guide you through that. She's going to ask you what kind of sexual positions you like. Let her do that. She'll be one to tell you that. And you're going to have some traditional women who are going to try to let the guy lead in that way. And they may hint in that direction, but they want you to embellish. Now, here's another thing to keep in mind. Divorcees usually know the dance on this more so than single women who've never been married. Widows know the same thing. Now, another thing to keep in mind, when a woman tells you sex is out of the picture in the beginning, nine times out of ten, she's learned her lesson because she slept with too many guys too early and got a negative result. This has to do with a protectionary measure that she puts up. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's valid because she may say no sex on the first date like one woman told me. And when we got on the date, at the end of the date, hell, she was trying to get my pants open and unzipped as quickly as possible. Some women are like that. They have this sense of duality. They say one thing where they're saying, no, I'm not going to do this. Next thing you know, bam, they're the one leading. But what they like to do sometimes is to actually curb your enthusiasm towards sex. And they want to have that role where they're in charge and they decide to tell you when. It's a kind of delicate dance. But that's the way it goes. Now, more in a minute. No thank you.
All right, there's another type of woman that some of you guys have written in about, fellas. How do you date a Karen? Now, a Karen, stereotypically, is a woman who is a nosy Parker. This is a person that kind of floats into everybody else's business. They make comments out in public, sometimes that are controversial. They are the law and order type of woman. (coughs) Now, these women are a special breed of cat. Because they, a lot of times, go into areas where they don't need to be. And that could kind of jeopardize you as the man. So she may go and make a comment about another couple. Make a comment about another woman. Uh, Go over the top and want to speak to the manager. In other words, this person is the kind of person that you would see at work that would go to the boss about anything. Tattletail. It's up to you if you're going to date this type of woman. I usually stay away from them primarily because they bring undue attention to you. And not only that, even when you're with them, they will find a way, some way how, to involve someone else or bring someone else's uh, problems into your relationship. This is the way these people function. Now, you don't find men doing this as much. As men, we just kind of, eh, whatever. But they will pick a heel to die on. And this goes for any kind of uh, issues that the two of you may have or issues she may have with other people. And this could be very problematic because over time, you're going to get tired of having to clean up her mess. Ladies, you have a problem with guys like this. Dick Measuring Dan is the stereotype I use for this type of guy. He's the guy that's got to prove he's an alpha male. He's always got to prove his masculinity in public. He always has to make a scene. You're dealing with an inferiority complex with a man that has this characteristic. Same thing with women who have this characteristic. It's just handled differently. And what happens is, as a guy, you may be involved with doing something that's totally off measure as far as the relationship. So she may say something like, "Um, after the date, let's go to the animal rescue shelter. And you go down there. And she sees another puppy, and she might have several puppies at the house. And she goes and gets this other one. All right, you think it's cool. And then what you realize is that you are someone that's a spectator in the relationship more than a participant. She's going to have you helping her with the dogs, helping her with all this other stuff, helping her around the house. But guess what's not going to happen? Your relationship's not going to grow. Because the way she looks at you is nothing more than a tool to advance her cause, her agenda. And this is the reason why a lot of these women wind up on the dating scene by themselves. Because they really have no depth for the most part. 
their actual contribution to society is telling on other people. It's getting in other people's business. And this is all they do. This is their existence. Now, when women find men like this, women usually control them very easily. Because what this guy does, he comes across with these feminine characteristics and a woman who's confident, who sees this, she's more than likely not going to deal with a guy like that. And if she does, he's going to be second banana. He's going to be one of these guys that she can say, honey, do. Honey, do this. Honey, do that. She's going to lose respect for him in the sense that he's carried on certain characteristics where she has to remind herself that he's her man. Now, even though he'll talk that macho shit around other men, around her, he's nothing but melted butter. And so he may talk a big game around the guys, but when he's with her or she wants him to do something, oh, he's going to do it. Now, the thing with the Karen is she doesn't respect his time or anything else. She'll embarrass him in front of his friends like it's nothing. She doesn't care. Because as she sees it, he signed up for her, so that's what he gets. When it comes to compromises, she may not be so willing to do so. The reason being is that she doesn't respect him from the gate. And so therefore, she tells him what to do. And he doesn't. Now, the sad thing about it this characteristic also transcends communities. It could go into the African-American community and go into any other community. So it's not something that's stereotypically based on Caucasian female. And so what happens then, with her losing that kind of respect for him, she has no problem embarrassing him in public. You see some of these couples, they walk into a Walmart Look at you. You're just leaning over like an old man. Stand up. Get some respect about yourself. You're hunchback. You see a lot of women do this with men. But if he was turning around and say, well, why don't you tuck in that damn gut? Why don't you go and get some panties that don't go over your navel? It would be rude. She would automatically fall to victimhood. I can't believe I had your children and you're treating me like this. But the thing you got to remember is these people are very provocative when it comes down to starting shit. In the black community, you see this a lot with the woman that's going to go out, start some shit with somebody, and then come get her man in order to back her up. Again, I tell you guys this in particular. You never want to be on the offense. You always want to be on the defense. That's a better way of defending your woman. On the offense, you don't know what took place prior. And you go in there, you're only going on her words. She could embellish, lie, and get you involved in something that you don't have any business in. That she doesn't have any business in. I remember at the 99 cent store, two women were arguing. It was over something that had to do with nothing 
in the store. She started talking about, look at, look at her wearing that damn lopsided ass wig, blah, 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 blah. And her man's up there, you know, he's not really wanting to get involved with it. And she said, girl, you need to go do something with your hair. And that was the trigger. And he's standing there trying to break them up. And truly, what she probably had, had nothing to do with that woman in that store. Had probably something to do with something prior, maybe something in her relationship. But the way she thought she could lash out was by going after another woman. Indirect anger projection. I can't say what I want to say to my man or I can't say what I want to say to somebody else. I'm pissed off right now. She'll do. Fellas, this is a disorder you got to watch. You're going to have to watch this. I see these women will get so comfortable with being angry. That is nothing for them to hit you, throw things to you, throw things at you. Have to watch that. So if the anger starts to flare up while you're on a date, understand that that will be part of your relationship in the future. Ladies, you already know this, but some of you don't act on it. Because some of you think that this guy that's being a macho man wanting to fight all the time, fight everybody else to prove himself, that's going to be embarrassing. And then when you start having to bail his ass out of jail, it's going to be costly. All based on his insecurity. And don't let him mix in alcohol or some other addiction. You've got a problem. This is another thing. Dovetailing into this particular subject matter. Some of you guys think that it's okay to date a woman who has an alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, you name the addiction. You have to remember now, that addiction is another person in your relationship. That's just like her cheating on, on you with someone else. You know, there was a, a show that I watched a while back about the lottery. And when it was first implemented in 1970s and 80s, in certain states, especially in New York. This guy had a civil service job for 20 years. All kind of recommendations, all kind of honors, all of this stuff, fat-ass retirement. Had close to $2 million in retirement. What did he do? He messed around at the agency he worked for and wrote a check to himself for $25,000. Guess what he did with that? Gambled with it and bought lottery tickets. Got fired. Went to jail. There was another lady. She was forging her husband's checks. He's going to pay the mortgage. And the bank told him, "Uh, you got too many overdrafts. You need to come in. He comes in, they're calling the police. They're damn near ready to lock him up. His wife was stealing $500 every payday from him. Now, here's the interesting thing. She was working three jobs. Two of those extra jobs she worked, it all went to lottery tickets. She was spending $1,500 a week on lottery tickets. 
and her return was dismal. Most she ever won throughout all those years of doing this was $2,000. Now, what people don't realize is that something as simple as the lottery, it's a form of taxation that politicians created years ago. The way it works, if they were to go and say, well, we got to raise taxes in the community, people would be a hell no. But faking it from the standpoint of saying, well, you know, you could become a millionaire overnight. Oh, people be more than glad to give the money. Well, who's giving the majority of the money? The lion's share. 70% of them are poor people. That's the reason why if you look at certain communities, they did a study in one community, they had 44 lottery ticket distribution locations where people made less than 35000 a year. In areas where people made over $100,000 a year, there were only five locations. So, what do you have here? You have a form of taxation because the government gets that money, the state government gets that money. And it really doesn't mean much for the budget, overall state budget, by comparison. But it sure helps a lot. And the problem is, what a lot of these people wind up doing is the money that they're giving into the lottery system when they don't win winds up being the same funds that they get for, what, WIC, EBT, and the rest of these programs. And they give a little bit over to the schools. What does it also lead to? Like that woman wrote all those checks and then wound up going to jail. Her husband was like, I can't, I can't back you on this one, sister. You can fuck me up, you can fuck you up, credit's messed up. And see, another thing too, guys. When a woman asks you about your credit report, your credit score, keep in mind, Experian now giving out credit cards. Yes, the very same company that judged you on your credit rating. Now, I heard a uh, inco- inconsistent uh, statement by one gentleman. He was saying that, oh, before the 1980s, you didn't have credit bureaus. That's a lie. You had TRW, a company he never heard of before. TRW was one of the gatekeepers, along with TransUnion. Those were the two big ones back then. Well, before we even heard of Experion, we had those. And oh, they were not that lenient on people. People wound up fighting them tooth and nail, just like they're doing with uh, the rest of them. Equifax started coming in later, and then you started having these others. A credit report does not judgment make on a good person. That just means that they have the capacity to go into debt. That's all it is. 
And another thing too, you folks with these LLCs, make sure you know what the hell you're doing just because somebody's talking about it on TikTok. It doesn't apply to everyone because you got to fund those LLCs. You still got to pay taxes. I know it makes you feel important, but really understand what you're getting into with those. Because it seems like whenever there's a popular trend, people just go for that particular trend until they have nothing. Think about all those people that have taken out those PPE loans. And now the government is cracking down. They're hiring more uh, IRS agents, more FBI agents to investigate those. They're recouping that money. It was never intended to be free money. And if you are one of those PPE loan processors, you better make damn sure you have all your documentation intact. Because they'll take you down too. They're not playing. One thing I want to leave you with, folks, before we close here, and that is to understand fully that you can find these characteristics in both men and men and women that I talked about. You will see them mostly in women based on emotional feelings at times. This isn't to make the comparison or the argument that women are more emotional than men. Because there's some emotional men out there too. But what this is to do is to have you look at certain things and think about certain things before you actually make the commitment. And if you made the commitment to understand some of the things that may happen along the way. There's no foolproof Teflon way of having a good relationship. You have to work at it. It's the only way it will work. I told you, you got to have W-O-R-K before you can have L-O-V-E. Because people are complex. They're different. They have different desires, different milestones, different goals. Coinciding those goals is the premise of things working out well for the two of you. Take care, folks. More tomorrow. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.